The Fatback 3 podcast, every Monday at 4 p.m. I can't help but live in the moment Eyes lock when you talk, it's slow motion Well, your eyes, they look like the sun on the ocean You look amazing to me Sometimes it feels right, I can't help but show it I think that were meant to be I can't help but live in the moment The Fatback 3 podcast, every Monday at 4pm Hello everybody, and welcome to the Fatback 3 football podcast This week we're going to talk about the weekend's events And there's plenty to talk about um, And that's just refereeing decisions so, I'm joined by my usual suspects again, uh, Mr Wiggins and Mr Oxley. Evening, boys. Evening. So, boys, it's been a bit of a eventful weekend uh, in the Premier League. Indeed it has. And uh, plen- I think there's plenty for us to uh, discuss. So, we'll uh, talk about the weekend's events, um, also the Cup this week, uh, this midweek that's been on, and then uh, we'll finish off with some uh, predictions again, see how, uh, how accurate we can be. So, um, first of all, I'll uh, we'll try and uh, I think the biggest talking point is the penalties. Uh, been in a couple of games. I think the the biggest one. I think obviously close to your tools, Hearts is in the Tottenham Newcastle game with uh, Eric Dyer. This handball rule is ridiculous, um, to put it politely. We've seen. Well, I think it sums it up when. And I'm sure Ox won't mind me mentioning it when your mate, who's a Newcastle fan, actually texts you to apologise. That's how bad it was. Absolute shambles. Yeah, it was. Um, I felt embarrassed to be honest. We 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 got battered for the full game, and then I mean that happens, and you could you could. You could just see what were happening. You could just see that it was going to be a penalty, even though probably ninety percent of country and ninety-eight percent of bloody football fans can tell tell you from playing the game, watching the game, that's not a penalty. Never will be a penalty. Never should be a penalty. Don't you uh, think though that there's some uneducated football people out there? Because you see on social media, and there's a lot of people blaming. Referees, yeah. there's a lot of people even blaming VAR. And to be honest with you, I think we know ourselves it's neither of their fault, it's the actual lawmakers. Yeah, well, the- for, for me, um, on this one, it firstly, it's the law that's wrong, that needs changing. Uh, I don't know why we changed it from three, four years ago when. The handball rule, as it stood, would have worked perfectly with VAR now. Uh, then secondly, VAR coming into it. And then thirdly, the referee going over to the video, watching that and still giving a penalty after watching that is what makes me think... It, it's kind of contradicting themselves, though, isn't it? Don't yeah. you think? Because by going to the, the... Obviously, we've been crying out for referees to go... To the to the screen, which we know is the best way to do it. End of the day, we want the referee to make the decision. But 
Some of them we've seen, obviously, the Eric Dyer one, uh, Joel Ward, um, trying to think of others, Victor Lindlove, and uh, the Robin Cock one against Liverpool, first game. One at Brighton game as well this week, weren't there? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been, well, there's been that many. It's, it's getting silly. Um, well, there's been some kind of thing about them changing it uh, today. Wig's just been telling me. Yeah, there was some announcement. I think it was this morning saying that they've changed the they've changed the interpretation of the rule now. So, and the and the rule now is if the arm is in the expected position, then then it doesn't count. But. I just think that's just a cop out because if you think about it, if they're saying it's the expected position, that's just a different way of saying what the rule was before, i.e., natural position. So it's just a complete shambles. But, but, but don't you think, as playing football and watching football, Eric Dyer's hand was in a natural position for me? That's. That's because, what I'm saying. Because when you jump, you move your arms. He doesn't see where the ball is. He can't physically... It's, it's impossible for you to move your, your arm once you're in that motion of jumping up for the header and your arms go up, to move it out of the way, especially when you don't see a ball coming. And it's not like he was five, six yards away. He was probably a yard away from him. And, it, you know... It's just ridiculous, really. Is our fullbacks gonna, if well, hopefully it will change. You will not see as many barons as we've seen, especially fullbacks when you're up against uh, likes of Sterling and people like that. How the hell are gonna what they're gonna defend with their arms behind the back? Well, Andy Carroll sent a tweet, didn't he? He tweeted and he put. I'm sure he tagged um, Spurs or one of Spurs players in his tweet, and it said something along the lines of. Um, def- here's here's the new defending method: pencil jumps, and yeah. it was like a, a, sh- a shit diagram, really, of somebody jumping with their arms like down by the side, and it just shows you that when when the opposition players and when the opposition manager thinks it's an absolute joke, then it tells you all you need to know. You cannot jump. You you use your arms for leverage. For God's sake, you use your arms when you're running. Never mind when you're jumping. Exactly. I mean, I, I were talking to somebody at work and I said, um, if you if you slide in to make a block and what's the natural thing to do when you slide? You put your arms on the floor. Of course you do. Oh, if somebody kicks the ball at your hand, technically that's a handball. But we all know it's not, is it? It is not. And it's not a penalty. Well, it's 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 as ridiculous as can you remember that Lucas Moura one when when he got fouled, and as he's put his arm yeah. out to break his foot, it's as ridiculous as that. Absolutely stupid, it really is. It's it, it's starting to get on my nerves now. They're just changing yeah. changing rules for sake of it. And, so yeah. on the back of that, on the back of that, and obviously the pressure from players, managers, probably even referees. To be fair. Uh, they've gone and they've made. They haven't made a law change, but they've changed the way that they interpret the the rule, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, 
Well, I've just been, I've just been telling you about this James Milner one. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Ox. Um, so I've just been watching Liverpool tonight. The, the James Milner one, mate. Yeah. Have you just seen? Have you seen it? I've seen it, mate. I watched. That'd have been that have been get a penalty a couple of days ago. Well, I think it would have done today if the ref had seen it. What? Well, I know they don't have VAR, but they're cut. But oh, I I think that would have been given as a penalty. That looked worse. That probably looked worse than Eric Dyer's. Um, well, it looked worse than most of them I've seen been given because I know he didn't do it intentionally, but he had his hand on the fl- he had his hand on the ball or near enough his arm on the ball when he went down, and then he touched it with the back of his arm again, obviously unintentionally again. But <laughs> if that's the interpretation of the rule, it's a penalty. Well. I'm just trying to find the rule. I, I sent it to you, you lads, in, a, in WhatsApp, I think. I'm trying to find the screenshot of it. Mm. Um, and I'm sure it said something about if the arm, if it, it's the arm when it's in a natural position, the only time when a penalty would be awarded if it directly stops a goal. And I, I, having not seen the James Miller incident, I can't say whether it directly stopped a goal or not. So in theory... It shouldn't be a penalty unless it stopped the ball going in. No, nah, it, nah, it, it probably didn't, but I don't know. It's uh... you see, for me, that that the wording of that is wrong anyway. Because if if I'm on the edge of the box and the ball's coming through, and I stick my hand out to stop it going through, even though it's not directly stopping a goal, it might run through straight to my keeper. There might be a player behind me. I stick my arm out and give away a penalty. It should be a penalty, shouldn't it? Yeah, it's about for for me. I haven't stopped a goal. No, but for me, it should be a about intent. If you if you mean to do it, (laughs) if you mean to do it, it's penalty. End of. Yes. Um, If it's accidental and it directly stops a goal, it should be a penalty. Yes. But if it's accidental. If it's accidental and it doesn't stop a goal and the arm's in a, a natural position, then it's not. Exactly. But it's right, isn't it? even so. when you look at the rule though, when you I'm just I'm still trying to find it. But even when you look at the rule and th- what the rule said is not what they enforced. Yeah. Um Audibly. When you when you read it, and they don't they're not enforcing it in that in the way that it, it said because what it said is in in the actual rule when you look on the Premier League website it said that um, if the ball hits the arm below the sleeve um, it's a penalty unless the unless um, it's taken into account the distance from the ball that's been hit and if the and are if the player has got his or if the player has got his back to it, which Eric Dyer did have his back to it, so yeah. they still didn't apply the rule properly. So although you're saying yes, it's not the referee's fault, and most of the time it's not the referee's fault, but bear in mind how that rule is written. If the referee was doing it to the letter of the law, even when he went up to the screen to watch it, he should have said, "Well, his back was to it, so we couldn't see it coming." So therefore, the rule doesn't apply, and it's not a penalty. So in that instance, the referee going up to watch it on the TV, the referee was at fault there as well. 
for me. You're not going to see a referee go against something like that. Say if it's like we don't believe it. So say we're refereeing a game, even though that's a letter of the... They're paid a lot of money to do that job. And if they're told... If they do something opposite, then they could be in serious trouble, you know what I mean? Well, exactly. It's, it's exactly the same as you at work. If, if your boss asks you to do something, you've got to do it even if you don't agree with it. And this is yeah. the same with referees. They'll, they'll be in his ear saying... They'll be in his ear saying, um, we really think you should look at this. Um, our opinion is that it's handball and you should give a penalty. And then the referee's gone over because he's thought to his son, Look, it's like 95th, 96th minute or whatever it is. This could cost a team to cost a win. So I'm going to go and watch it. And then he's going to watch it. And then he's under pressure then. Because then he's going against his bosses if he doesn't give it. Yeah. Final decision should always be with a referee at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that's I why found, it's, it's I found good that they're going to screen now. Because at least then, whether we think they've been pressured or they haven't, at least we know then that they're seeing it to look back at it again with that extra help to hopefully finally come to better decisions. I think we've just got to hopefully, if the, this rule is changed and we, we do see better interpretations of it, that it's going to hopefully, we're not going to be criticising VAR all season and we're going to be saying, yes, VAR's done a good job there because there's been odd, well, not many. Um, I think it was... It were in that Crystal Palace Southampton game, the first game. I think it were that they overturned that red card. Yes, um, I thought that were that were good that they went to VAR. He, he gave the red card. He went. He went. No, sorry, changed my mind. That's wrong, and that's how it should be used for. So yeah, it is, and I think the problem with VAR is um, what they're trying to do is. Any example I can think of is that it's an, a, the example is. Let, let's just say. Um, you're, you're some bloke who's a shit driver, you've just bought a Ferrari and you show off and you crash it. This is what's happening with VAR. They're trying to show off the technology and how good it is. And because they're, trying to, they're just overusing it and making a, making an absolute shambles of it. Yeah. They're just overusing the, the, it. The they don't need to. I think the offside is worse that in that, in that instance with the lines and what have you. And <clears> that's... Got to be something that's uh, got to be the word the wording of that needs to be changed as well for me. That it needs to be a, a certain, let's say your hips, your hips need to be offside rather than a toe or a cock end or a hair on your head. It needs to be something different because you can't do it to a, a millimeter if your body is fully in line, but your finger or your toe end, sorry, is half a centimetre in front of somebody else's foot. If you've got a size 10 foot and they've got a size 9 foot, you're screwed. These boys are that quick, though, aren't they? It's hard to well, think of eye stuff. That's what I mean. And it's not it's not just about the line, because a lot of time, when I've seen it on telly and they've been drawing lines, they've been drawing lines, and I've been disagreeing with, with, with where they're drawing the lines, because I'm like, well, why are you drawing line there? Yeah. It can touch. It can touch ball with this part of his body legally, but you're not drawing line there. You're drawing it further back or too far forward. And as well as that, the game is so fast that how can they guarantee that 100% that they're definitely freezing it on the exact frame 
when the ball leaves his foot. Because that's when they're supposed to, not when the ball touches his foot, when the ball leaves his foot. Yeah. So if, if it's a hair's breadth, they can't be certain that they're freezing at exactly the right one. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, boys, um, we could probably talk about this for a full show, but um, I'm going to move us on. Um, next thing I want to talk about is uh, Manchester City um, losing 5-2 on to Leicester. Really big surprise, to be honest. Um, Did any of us predict that? No. <laughs> I bet we didn't. Um, started off well. I think it was when they scored that goal from Mares, which were a beauty, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, we thought they'd kick on, probably win by three or four. And I think it just shows that, obviously, Man City have still have frailties, um, especially in defence. Oh, we've just signed the Diaz, Diaz, is it, from uh, Benfica? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and when they, when they put the welcome Koulibaly on the <laughs> web page. Ah, uh, yeah, he's telling me about that. But so, <laughs> I think uh, you guys watching that game, I think it was really surprising how easy Leicester played a certain style and it just they got through him and Vardy especially with his pace. Well, I watched could... I watched the first bit. I saw the goal. Uh, did they go two 0 up Man City? No, it went, no, they went one up, didn't they? Well, they were winning one 0 They looked fairly comfortable, and I'm actually sat watching it, thinking, "Bloody hell, Leicester are." aren't that great, really. They looked poor. So I went off and did some in garden, come back in, um, and I think it were 2-1, Leicester City. I went, bloody hell. And I went back and did something else, come back, it were 3-1. Uh, watched it for a little bit longer and then mooched off somewhere else, come back, and it were 5-2. And I just, I, I, I couldn't believe it from how the first sort of 15 minutes at game went. Absolute uh, shambolic defending, basically. Well, three to concede three penalties from a one of the supposedly best squads in the world were just ridiculous. Um, three different defenders as well, by the way. Yeah. The first penalty you could see that happening, couldn't you? As soon as the build-up starting and the the ball, you see Vardy make his run. You it was just see. a counter-attacking pace, yeah. especially Harvey Barnes and uh, Vardy. You just could not cope with him and. I think even pundits now, I don't know what your two think, well, when we made our Premier League predictions, um, have either of you changed your opinion on Man City already? Not yet. Um, I still think they're going to finish second. Uh, I just, I'm not sure my whoever I, who I picked for number one will finish number one, but it's still early days, isn't it? Well... If I were looking at solely Man City, then I could potentially have changed my mind and said, no, I think they'll come second, Liverpool will come first. But if you look at them both, I mean, particularly in that Liverpool-Leeds game, Liverpool didn't really impress me either. So I just think it's too early. Um, but it does highlight Man City's defensive issues by the fact that they've signed two centre-halves. Yeah. Um, and they've let I mean don't get me wrong I don't, I don't really rate Otamendi anyway but then they've let Otamendi go I so think it's, how they, uh, it's how they react now because obviously I watched them uh, last night against Burnley and they were quite impressive and then 
we've got the pleasure of him at Ellen Road on Saturday, so uh, that'll be nice for you. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, it does seem like a lot of few pundits have uh, kind of written him off already, which I find surprising. I don't think you, you can't write them off. You can't do that when they've got the players that they've got. Yeah, mm. defensively, they've, they've spent about five billion pound on defence, and it still hasn't improved that much. But it, at some point, it's going to click in it, and they're going to find they've still not recovered from having that steadying influence of company at back. Have they? They've got a lot of sort of youngish ball-playing defenders and nobody that's a, a steady sort of player that's... That... Well, this is what... I was listening to Jamie Carragher the other day and um, he basically said this Ruben Diaz um, is the kind of the last throw of the dice in terms of um, replacing company and if it do, this doesn't work, then... If reckons maybe Guardiola might go, what do you think? Well, I, th- I think Guardiola's probably going to go at end of season anyway, personally. Um, yeah, I think it, I don't think he'd sack him. I think he'd jump yeah. before they pushed him. I think he, if you look at his things, he's, he does three years, three, four years, and then he totals off, doesn't he, as a break, and then comes back. This is longest he's been anywhere, I think, isn't it? Longest he's been. Not so far it, off. And it is, mm. to me... Towards end of last season, he was starting to look a bit burnt out, and he is now. So, I think he seems to be running out of ideas of who to replace in certain areas. Because I think another problem he's going to have on his hands um, is replacing Aguero. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Because that's going to be obviously at the moment they've got him and Jesus out missing uh, out at the moment. They've still got players that can obviously people like Sterling that can. Fill in there or Mares or whoever, but oh, natural centre forward though. After them, no, the need to uh, that is somewhere they need to replace. Whereas, whereas you go back to when the money first came into Man City, they always had three or four strikers, didn't they? You, you At one point, they had four. Do you remember that? Jacko Aguero. Who else oh, did they have? Aguero, Balotelli, Jovetic. Oh, Jacko, yeah, They always had four, didn't they? Um, mm. And now they've got two, so maybe a striker will come in. Who knows? I don't know. But maybe he should try coaching him instead of buying his way out of bother. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right, guys. Uh, moving on, um, I want to talk about Chelsea. Um, they've not started as we thought. Um, West Brom game other day. Some of the defending that first half absolutely atrocious. I've seen you when, when you say a collective we, I hope you're not including me in that. <laughs> What's that? When you said they're not started as we thought, I, I, I said to you, didn't I? If it, they've signed that many players, they're gonna they're gonna potentially, if they all gel really quickly, they'll be really good. But well, I, I think that's will. the thing in it. They've not had them group of players to, no. to already, and I think we did say in the prediction show. If they don't start quick, then they're going to be trailing behind. And I won't say they're trailing behind already, but the obviously people like Cherwell will come back in. Um, Averts is getting extra games, Werner, and they'll get there. But they haven't been in the old games I've seen them so far. They haven't been uh, convincing. No, 
But I think he's... Go on, sorry, Ox. I'll I'll just... They don't look as if they're gelling yet to me, which all these big-name players coming in, it's going to be hard, isn't it? But for me, the thing that's disappointed me most about him is Frank Lampard. I think he's out of his depth now, uh, looking at him at the start of this season. Tactically, selection-wise, I think he's been poor. Um, he looks like a man lost. He, he looks like Ole Gunnar Sol- Solskjaer might. Do you think pressure's getting to him already? I, I think so. I said it. I said it to Wig on Sunday. I said it, it looks like a man last year that had free reign. He knew he couldn't do out wrong. He was filling youngsters in, and he looks like now a man that spent four, five hundred million, whatever they've spent. That's why he's piping up at people like Klopp, and then obviously at Mourinho overnight. And I think I just think he's. He's, he's thinking, oh, I'm two or three games at front sack here. Yeah, I think he's like a, a kid that's been given a load of pocket money and it's burning a hole in his pocket. And, yeah. and I think the mistake he's made is, like with, with Chelsea last season, they had a clear system. And the system that they had, it, he kind of picked players that suited that system and played in a particular way. But I think what he's done is, he hasn't bought players to fit the system. He's just basically thought, oh, he's good, I'll have him. Oh, he's good, I'll have him. He's just done a champ manager, hasn't he, basically? Yeah. And, and he's gone, oh, oh he's, he's good, I'll have him. And then when they've all come in, nah, what he's got to do is, he's in a position where he's got to try and find a system that suits all them players, rather than, buying, rather than having a system in mind and knowing what to play. And I think that's his issue. Yeah. If he finds a system that suits all them players... There'll be, there'll definitely be a force, but what integrating one or two new players is not an issue. But I mean, you sign seven, eight, and you'd and you'd have them all down as first teamers, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. definitely. I think so, the, 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 I've watched a lot at Bundesliga and, and places like that, and I've signed a few players from there. You know, Werner and Havertz are two almost world class players. The, the, they're in the elite group of players for me in world. They are, you know, but like I say, new league, new team. And for me, they've, they've joined They've joined a good team. And, this, you know, they've signed the guy from, uh, I forget his name, Ajax, another good player, Chilwell, good left-back rating. Um, they've signed a new keeper, who can't really be that much worse than Kepper, so um but it just it's gonna take time to gel. But I, I, after watching the first few games of the season, I'm not sure Frank Lampard's the man to to get the best out of these players, to be honest with you. No, they just look thrown together. Mm-hmm. Just looks like picking a dream team and putting them on pitch and saying, Off you go, lads, have a go and Yeah, pretty much the football, you know. Nice one. Right, guys, um, I'm going to talk about the Carabao Cup quickly. Um, you two, uh, your two teams progressed um, into the next round. I think for Tottenham's point of view, it's been a, obviously quite a really busy schedule. So I think Jose were glad that he bet Chelsea, but I think before the game, he wouldn't have been bothered if they'd have got knocked out. No, I think it sums it up where when they interviewed him after the game and he said, he was pleased with the way that they performed and the way that they competed and the penalties he didn't care about. And it's the same as what I said to you before the game. I don't go into any game 
and wanting to lose. But in Carabao Cup, you don't mind if you lose, if that makes sense. You just don't want to get. You just want it to be respectable. You don't want to get a. a don't want to get a good hide in. That it's one of them where it doesn't disappoint I'm, I'm anymore. Does it? I think the money in it and the value. It's like it's like when we played Hull in the early rounds when we lost to Hull, and I was like thinking, oh yeah, we'll put second team out. We'll probably beat them. And then you get into the game, and you're like, well, if we'll be all right, we'll probably get through. And then you, as the game goes along, and we were losing, and it, we were like, we, I think we had Bamford and Phillips and Harrison on bench. And I'm like, why are we not fetching these on? And we never fetched one on. So that tells me a lot how much interest we had in that competition. I think a lot of them are saying, if you look at look at Liverpool, I was saying too, what during Liverpool and Arsenal game today, Liverpool and, and Arsenal played scratch teams as you could say and then after 60 minutes it's nil-nil Liverpool take off Van Dijk and Mo Salah and yeah. then five minutes later Arsenal take off um, Ceballos yeah it just shows you what how much of a shit they been, get about it's it it's been a rush though hasn't it and they, I think cramming all these games in plus your league games plus obviously you've got internationals coming up it's a lot to get in all together at the same time so I Why? think teams why have they crammed all these games in? Because I'm sure that at the end of the game tonight, it said that the quarterfinals isn't for a couple of months. The quarterfinals got back the... end of December, apparently. So why, why, have you... we to, why have we had to have one a week? I'm, I'm presuming you know draw. Yes, I've seen the draw. Have you seen no, I, I haven't seen it. You've all got... right. Stoke, uh, Stoke v Spurs. All right, yeah. Uh, Everton v Man United. Uh, Arsenal v Man City and Brentford versus Newcastle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 21st of December. <laughs> Mind you, we won't beat Brentford, so. Um, I don't know if it's to do it. Well, I don't know if it's to do it Champions League, is it? Because, unless the no. Cram- Saying that Champions League had started by now, wouldn't it? So maybe it's to the, the Cramic Champions League in. I don't know. Well, I know that the, the, there's. Um, some European games before the next round of it. Because um, you're, you're trying to get why. you're trying to get Champions League group stage in before Christmas. That's what it generally is. Plus, you've got next week. We you're not going to have next week's internationals and week after, and then you've got that international break in November. So you ain't got much time. I think that's probably why they've done it. Yeah, but it's like I say, it's it's done now. So I think. Like I think for well, for you guys in Europe, it's uh, you could turn your attentions to that now and, and then wait for a cup before Christmas. But <laughs> they win it that in December as well, usually. Yeah, over Christmas it's this never... year, but... but it's going to be like I say, a busy schedule, isn't it? And I think we're going to have this for well next 12, 18 months with Euros and World Cup and and things like that and. Uh, it's going to be uh, good for fans, but I think for players and and managers, it's going to be a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. I think I, I tell you what stood out for me when you say good good for fans. What stood out for me from watching Spurs on Tuesday and watching Spurs on Thursday is um, it was nice to be able to watch a game and a goal go in 
and be able to celebrate it because you know there's no VAR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only I... problem is on Tuesday is even though you were able to celebrate straight away, rather than like not celebrating, thinking is it going to be is it going to be allowed? Is it going to be allowed? Is it going to be allowed? Is because it was Carabao Cup, I didn't really feel like I wanted to. Well, it's funny you say that because. I suppose I ain't got used to it yet, but when Bamford put the header in on Sunday, I was jumping up all over the place. So, and that could have been disallowed, for all I knew. But yeah. I ain't got used to it yet, so I don't know whether I will get used to it. Whether I will, I will still celebrate the same. I don't know, but it's um, weird because when you're watching it, when 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 you. When you uh, go to a grassroots game and you're watching as a just a normal spectator, and when you go to a grassroots game and you inevitably get collared and somebody gives you a linesman's flag and you end up running line, you'll know that you don't watch the game the same when you're being linesman as you do when you're just watching it as a normal spectator, and you miss bits. And when you're watching a game that's got VAR, you're kind of watching it differently because you're watching it and like summit goals you can celebrate. Say, say for example, it's a 20-yard screamer, you can celebrate them because there's little to no chance of it being offside or, or handball it, build-up or whatever. But if it's a bit of a scrappy goal, you just can't celebrate because you just do not know. It's yeah. really frustrating. I can't, can't say I feel like that at the moment, but... Whether that will come over time, I don't know. Uh, don't, I don't worry, mate. It'll eventually grind you down. Yeah, but we'll see. Anyway, um, so moving on, a couple of um, bits of things that have been happening today. Firstly, um, Champions League draw. Um, Manchester United have got a very, very tough group. Tough, very tough group, that. First time in 500 groups ever drawn. That yeah, it, seemed, it seemed yearly that it were fixed for their benefit, yeah. didn't it? Well, I always thought that, and uh, now they've got a really, really tough draw, in my opinion. I don't think they'll get out of that group. No, I think it's a, a tall order, and even um, Istanbul, Bergabligri, or whatever you want to call them, that I can't even pronounce them. They'll probably beat them at home, but it'll be a tough place to go. You uh, don't, you don't want to be going there. No. Bakasahir. Yeah, something like that. Back, nice pronunciation, that. Nice action here. Yeah. Um, mm. Others, Manchester City, I think, got fairly easy draw. I don't know. Olympiacos seem to upset a few teams. Porto aren't a bad team and Marseille aren't bad. But you Yeah, they should get out of group, group, though. You still expect them to get through, but it's, yeah. it's not a, you know. I think I Liverpool, think, I think, I think the English teams, I think Liverpool, Liverpool have got... A, a, a nice, easy group, I think. But you'd expect that, though, because they're in part yeah. one. Yeah. I, think it, I think Chelsea have got the easiest uh, of the English teams, but I think Liverpool's probably second easiest, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think Ajax have lost, they lose big players every year, don't they? They're still yeah. compete, but... Well, Ajax lost a couple a, last season, they lost a couple this season, they haven't replaced any of them, have they? I think it's so nice, um, there's some nice, interesting ties with our English clubs, we... Bayern Munich v Atletico Madrid in one yeah. group. That'll be a big good Juve football. Barca. Juve Barca. Barca. Apparently the first, the first time Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo faced each other in the Champions League. Yeah. All right, okay. 
Yeah, because usually they couldn't get drawn together, could they? Yeah. So that'll be uh, might be the first and last time. Uh, we'll the Juve that goes, goes through from them to yeah, Barca are not special so. anymore, I don't think. So, um, early predictions, who do you think might win it? <sighs> um, <laughs> Difficult to look past um, the likes of uh, Bayern, to be fair. Started well, aren't they? Well, they started well, 8-0, and then did they lose, I think they lost, lost last week, didn't they? You know, uh, so I'm, I'm going to go know. for Juventus to win it. Yeah. yeah, they've 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 been close a few times, haven't they? Yeah, I think they've still got a, you know still got a decent. You think Liverpool have added well with Thiago and Jota. Yeah, yeah I do. Strengthened uh, the south a bit more there, haven't they? They waited until a few days after we did our predictions, like didn't they? <laughs> they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I must admit, watching them, it has I think they have strengthened them uh, up a little bit, to be honest, and. Uh, well, I- I thought everybody else had strengthened and Liverpool just stagnated and then they brought probably best midfielder in his in his sort of group of players in. Um and then Diogo Jota, who I who personally for me were in, in top three Wolves players. Um yeah. you know, so not Goodbye. Bad. Goodbye. Right. Uh next thing I want to talk about the England squad that's just been announced today. And uh, one player I want to talk about in particular, um, who's started the season like an house on fire, and uh, Mr. Dominic Calvert Lewin. Who the uh, reason why we're chuckling a little bit here is uh, <laughs> listen to our overrated eleven, a certain Mr. Wiggins uh, chose him, and I think he must have been listening to that show and started the season superb. See, this is the thing. When I picked him, Ox, Ox agreed with me. And I, I said to you, didn't I? I personally, I think that we're that well-respected in footballing circles that he's listened to it and he's determined to prove us wrong. I, I reckon totally, that's what it I is, I totally mate. agree with you, mate. But yeah. the, more he's, the more he's banging goals in, the more it's getting more egg on your face and it's hilarious. Been in, well, he's been in contact on Twitter and uh, he's coming on next week to uh, to say thank you to us. Like, so. Nice one, like. Klopp and Roy Keane. <laughs> Calvert so, Lewin versus Wiggins. Ne- <laughs> my, ne- my next overrated XI, I'm just going to name Spurs team. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I agreed with you because I understood um, where you were coming from with him. I think what you're seeing now is he's got a proper coaching. They've got a proper coach in there yeah. now. And, it's a good, uh, they've got a proper coach and they've got a proper midfield and all. Uh, yeah, he's got creativity. I mean, but, if you look at his goals, the, the the from one and two yards are it's right position, right time. I think he's just t- changed his sort of his his style a little bit and and he's getting it right places now. So, you know, all good strikers need need that bit of luck and that. Uh, sort of know how to get in them places. So, is, the, um, is there anybody else you think should have been called up? Anybody else who I think should have been? Well, there's a few that I think shouldn't have been. Well, we'll go, that, we'll go that way then if you want. <laughs> Michael Keane, dreadful. Jordan Pickford, dreadful. Dean Anderson, why is he in there? He's, he's backup keeper for Man United. Why is he in there? Uh, for me, I don't really see why Connor Cody's in there. Um, Ali Maguire, he shouldn't be in there. Um, 
Tyrone so Mings shouldn't be in there. So I disagree with you on Connor Cody because I just think if you pick it, if you if you're picking people based on farm. It's difficult to leave him out, really, because he yeah. hasn't really put a foot wrong for Wolves. I think as after this sound. I don't think he's a great defender, though. I think he's he's, he's a holding midfield that that fills in at centre back, isn't he? No, you know. No, I don't agree with that. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he is. No, I I I think that he's not he's not blessed with good footballing ability, but he's a brilliant communicator. Is that is that um that that physical centre half that that. That you kind of need is that leader yeah. organizer. I think he's played in that Wolves back middle of that Wolves back three for the last two or three years. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad player, mate. I think he's a decent player. Thing, I just don't see what he's in the England side for. But you look at alternatives there. I mean, defenders you just named there that shouldn't be in a back four. Uh, yeah, probably. What would your alternatives then be if that were the case? Well, you caught me up there, mate. I... This is what I'm you'd saying. To, you'd have to give me a chance to have a look and think about it, and and like there there is a few because we named them in past. Well, Jamal Sells, Ben White. No, not Jamal Sells. I would have chucked Ben White in, mate. Definitely Ben White. I Lewis think Dunk. I think Lewis Dunks head and shoulders above Tyrone Mings. Um, personally, um, I think that's just fact. Uh, you know, the, the, we, like we said, we've discussed them, haven't we? Um, for me, Ben White should be in there. If you if you're picking people like Michael Keane, who for me has been dross for the last three, two, three year, um, why why ain't Ben White in there? Young up and I picked awesome. I picked Michael Keane in my overrated eleven, and I can kind of understand why he's been picked for this squad because of how Everton have started. Yeah, maybe so, but I'm. Uh, he's not done that though, has he? He's been he's been picked because he's been in last God knows how many teams, even when he's been playing shit. Yeah, Whereas, yeah, but like we just said there, you've just you've just named like four there, who you don't think should be in, but we haven't particularly got that many alternatives. Ooh, no, I, I think we have. Well, we have, but then I've just we've just been on about Lascelles, White. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't have Lascelles in on his current form. I think. Um, he's... I can't think anymore off the top of my head. Tarkovsky, who's been in before. I think he's better than Keane. Um, yeah, I do. I can't really think of any more after that. So, Rob. Um, Rob has, has Rob Alden been given a chance? He's been decent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair shout. Rob you know. Alden, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting one. I think the other thing I want to... Me and Wig were on about this earlier. Um, we leaving out Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood. Uh-huh. Why is that Aaron then? Why is that in Maguire then? Well, that's exactly what I said. Well, I, I said... What I said, Ox, is... And this was before Gareth Southgate made his statement. But what I said is... Yeah, what Aaron Maguire did and he's been found guilty, hasn't he, and, and subject to appeal... So what he did were, were wrong, and he got taken out of the England squad at the time. But the difference between Greenwood, um, Foden and Maguire is that Maguire didn't break the rules of the England camp. So right. he didn't do anything wrong while he was on duty. So What I'm, what I'm more suggesting is we should have just left Harry Maguire... If, it, 
he made a mistake picking him in first place. Then it happened. Then all this. He he should have just left him out of a couple of squads, Maguire, just to just to let it die down a bit and just let it let sort well, of you know. So so it's like an, an afterthought. Nobody even thinks about it when he's called up. But well, because this has happened with these two. It brings up that again for me that he's in the squad. He's made errors. These the I agree with these two being left out. By the way, because I think they need to be taught a lesson. Uh, to do that on the sort of the first England call up is, is beyond stupid. Well, don't you think? Don't you think they got taught lesson by getting sent home though? No, really, because if you get called up, it's like getting sent home from school because you've done something bad, but you're back in tomorrow and you're doing the same thing. Whereas if you get suspended for two or three weeks and your parents are happy with you and they're going to make, make, make it known to you, like. Then so, you know. So would so would you pick him next month for next games? I, I, it depends. It depends. That it, you've got to assess that situation at times. Well, Barry's playing well and the fit, obviously. Yeah, I would. It, yeah, it, I'd take him to the next squad. So I'm saying, how far do you go with it? Because I, I I, I kind of disagree. I I think they got punished and they should be allowed back. No, in. The, no, they didn't, did they? Because if you think about it, right, you good. Thing is, they're going to behave like kids. You're going to treat them like kids, right? And if you take, you say, say you take your kids, say you take, I don't know, say you take your kids to the cinema, and then, uh, and while they're at cinema, they misbehave, and you just say, Ray, and it's halfway through the film, you say, Ray, you're not behaving, you, 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 you're just not showing any respect to anybody else. That's it, sod it, we're going home. And you go home. And then, next time you're going to cinema again a couple of weeks later, do you take them again? Or do you say, you're not coming this time? It's probably, probably why my kids behave like they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get my point. You've got to put a marker down and say, this is not acceptable. This isn't happening. And I'm sorry, you're not in this squad because of what you did. Until you learn, then when you get your next chance, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Your next chance ain't coming for a while. Yeah. I, I, I agree with what he's back. done. I agree with what he's done. I agree with what he did with Maguire in the first place, where he included him in squad because he's innocent until proven guilty. We don't want another John Terry situation where a court of law found him innocent and then a court, an FA said he was guilty. So he's just gone, right, he's in squad until, uh, until court case. Court case company were guilty. So he's like, right, you're out of squad. I agree with that. The only thing that I'm undecided about is whether Maguire should have been included in this squad or not. So, but the other other two decisions, I think he's got spot on. Yeah. I, I don't think Maguire should have been left out as a punishment to what happened. I you mean, based I, on form. Not well, really. That's straight. Just, just the fact. Just leave it a couple of a couple of selections. We, do we do we really need him? Does he really need to come? Leave him out for a couple of selections, and just let it sort of blow over as if it never happened. And nobody mentions about it. You call him straight back up to the next squad, and it's like I don't know. And then leave them out. It sort of sends a mixed message, really. If that makes any sense to you, it does to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind, yeah, kind of. Right, boys. Before I do, uh, well, we do the predictions. Um, transfer deadline day. Um, Monday, um, do you, do your teams need any more players, or do you think you've got yeah, enough? About six of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can yeah. have Danny Rose back, mate. 
we 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 need possibly uh well definitely one or two midfielders uh maybe another striker and maybe another defender and do you know what we're going to get absolutely fuck all you think he's going to come out go out at door thing is with, with players that we want to sell mate and want to get off books nobody wants them you know um there's probably you, five or six players that we want out and we've wanted out for the last three or four years and we just can't get shut of them. So I, mean, I think you need to put your violin away, mate. It could be worse. It could be Manu and have only spent $650 million yeah. in four years. Yeah, and be getting bids turned down of $100 million and Yeah, and it must poor, be poor Manu. I know, it's, oh, it's terrible, mate. I'd, that, I'd that, hate it, mate. I'd hate might, be, might be busier at Tottenham than Wig, do you reckon? Uh, if rumours are to, to be believed... I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Um, we've got uh, the strike, a striker coming in tomorrow, which I don't know too much about him, but from what I have heard, is a bit of a Lorente type of player. Tall, strong, yeah. probably... Carlos Vinicius. Yeah, that's it. Uh, sounds like he's a lot quicker than him, though. Um, so somebody that's probably able to lead line if Harry Kane's not playing. So that's a good thing, because we've... To be fair, we've needed that for four or five years, if I'm honest. Um, we've definitely needed that. And also, rumours are we signing um, the centre-half, so... I heard uh, Rudiger today. I, I'm not so sure about that. I think there's a bit of um, shithousery going on, if I'm honest. Um, because... Do we all linked with someone other? I can't remember who it was. One uh, two days before a Spurs game, and we team who were playing, we were linked to one of their players, and then exact same thing happened the day before we played Chelsea. Oh, we're linked with a Chelsea player now. I think it's a bit of shithousery there. And if you if you remember, it seemed to happen. I don't know about other teams, but when Mourinho were in charge of Manu, every time Spurs were playing Manu, you can guarantee a couple of days before there was some story in paper. Manu after Deli Ali, Manu after De- Harry Kane, so. I think it's all just a bit of a nonsense, if I'm honest. They're still out at door, ain't they? Maybe Deli Ali, Sessignon. I, I can't see Deli Ali going, if I'm honest. No. I think I think Mourinho's just trying to teach him a lesson. Um, it is said that he's lazy in training, and I, I just think it, I think he's giving uh, Deli Ali a bit of an attitude adjustment, mm. basically. So yeah. I can't see him leaving. Um, I tell you something. I'd take Sessignon on loan at Newcastle. I, it's rumoured he's going somewhere on loan that. I think Celtic. Celtic? That'd be a good the, the way I read the, the Celtic uh, to Berlin and uh, uh, us um, right. a couple of days back. And, yeah. uh, but I don't know. Because I was thinking about it the other day. He could have been... If I'd have really thought about it properly, he could have been in that overrated 11. Again, for me, he is a player that needs to play in a certain formation, and that's three yeah. five two. He needs to play wing back because he's not quite a winger, and he's not good enough defensively to be a full back for me. No, he's, do you see what I mean? He needs to play in a five, doesn't he? In a three, yeah. you know, three five two. Well, like, I, yeah, I, I don't know what what formation Mourinho's going to play yet, but l- luckily, it's been a decent transfer window as far as Spurs are concerned. So I, I think that he's got a couple of fullbacks now that are comfortable playing as fullbacks or wingbacks. 
so it gives you them options. Yeah. So so going forward, if his intention is to play with wing backs, I don't understand why he'd let Sessignon go. But if his intention is to play with full backs, then yeah, I get it. So I it just needs games. Um, because at the moment, I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of you did put him in your overrated 11 because he hasn't, apart from his first season when he burst onto the scene, he hadn't really lived up to the hype since then. Yeah. But since then, he hadn't really had a decent run of games and it's just he just needs a run of games. It's no good playing him yeah. every now and again. Yeah. There's a bit part. He, he needs to... He, needs, can, he just uh, needs to play. Yeah. I could see um I could see ourselves being busy. I think uh, we've we've supposed to have got this Michael Cuisons from Bayern and that's deals off today. Some are saying failed medical, some are saying it's to do it by back clause. Um who knows? But um Interesting we've been, to- one. We've been talking of- about as we Todd Cantwell. Um, that'd be a good signing. Fifteen to eighteen million. Um, Norwich are going to have nobody left yeah they were talking about um, this Rodrigo de Paul still from Udinese um, Dan James doesn't seem to go away I think we're waiting on I, I think he'll, I think we'll end up with Dan James to be honest I think um, as soon as Man United get either Sancho well I don't think they're going to get Sancho but I think if they get Dembele from Barcelona um, I could see Dan James coming yeah, I, I just I don't think he's um. Well, Solskjaer signed him, didn't he? But I, it, even did he? Am I am I wrong? Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, but even though Solskjaer signed him, I don't think his face fits. No, well, I could see it last night. We're watching their game last night, and he, he started. He cut well. He played, and then they fetched him off for Rashford. And I don't know. You could sense it. What looking at him, um, but to be honest with you. At this moment in time, I don't see him getting in front of Costa and Harrison. I, I you know my thoughts on him, mate. Um, so, but I think maybe if we do have him, and we, we do need some cover there. So, I'd, I'd like to see us getting a left-back, because um, we're talking about Barry Douglas going to um, Celtic. Don't you, Danny Rose? Uh, well, I've said that. I would have Danny Rose, um, to be honest with you. And if, then if I'm talk- honest, for, for Leeds... For Leeds, not not for Newcastle, it just didn't work. But for Leeds, Danny Rose on on a loan, it's an absolute no-brainer. He's got one year left on his contract. Spurs obviously don't want him. He's been he's been well a bit of a knob to be fair. Let's let's, let's face it. But um, he's, he's said loads of times he wants to return to back, back up to playing up to go or back up north. He's been at Leeds. He knows what crack is there. Yeah, I, um, I think. I said all along. I think it'd be. I think it'd be perfect. We 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 we've got one more loan left on our quota, so I think it either him or Dan James potentially um, could be a good move. I think um, you need a left back more than you would need Dan. Oh James yeah, though. I agree with that. It's like I do, and Stuart Dallas concerned me against Fulham, but it were excellent against Sheffield United. But we we tend to we played with a back three and we changed all the system again and they were playing centre mid left left back it were it were weird. Um, He's a good player to have him for for me for the bench because he can fill in in multiple positions. But as a Premier League starter, he's not. A starter. Yeah, I, I still don't. I, I still don't 
well, I don't particularly want him regulate left back. I do think we need someone else, but I can't fault him at the moment. He's uh, he's done a good job. Um, and then they're talking about Kiko Casier going as well. Um, so we might have to fetch another keeper. I don't know whether that'll happen. So I can see it being uh, being busy at Leeds in the next uh, week or so. How many is that you've signed now? now? Overall, um, mm. we, well, we've signed a few younguns as well. So I think it's I think we signed about ten in total, something like that. See, see you're just in danger of either doing similar thing to to Chelsea. Chelsea done were just getting a load of players don't know system and trying to integrate them all. It and, won't affect and, me because they don't play them for six months. Well, yeah, oh, same as Villa. To be honest with you, though, if you if you look at our side from last year to this year, obviously you've got to think right. And I've probably said this before: you've got two players here that we sat because I'm probably in these ten players. I'm probably including two that we had last year that we made permanent in Mesley mm-hmm. and uh, Costa. So realistically, yeah, a couple of games, the only new players we've really had is Robin Cork at centre-half and obviously Rodrigo. Mm. And I can't see, I, I, I don't know why, but obviously we've got Diego Levente as well from Sociedad. I don't know whether he'll play instead of Liam Cooper. So I don't think that, obviously, if we do get another, we're going to get at least another body in probably before next week. So there's not going to be that many changes really. So I don't think it'll affect us that much. Well, it's, it depends. If he if he chucks both your new centre halves in straight away, then for me, your back four is got to be the most settled part of the team, really. So if he chucks them both in, it could go one or two ways, couldn't it? Well, that's going to be an interesting thing because we're talking about us potentially going to a back three um, with them, or with both of them, and Liam Cooper. So. I don't know. Um, I'm not so sure. Um, the number 10 is the biggest thing. Obviously, Hernandez picked up an injury against Fulham and he's not going to be back till after international break. So, I'm not a massive fan of Tyler Roberts. Um, Still need a number 10, don't you? Yeah, Rodrigo did a good job on uh, Sunday when he come on. I thought he worked quite well, well with Banff. Let's say you need a number 10 or you need a striker if you're yeah. going to Rodrigo at number 10 or somebody who yeah. who can cover both yeah I think that's I, like I said I, I like Todd Cantwell I, I would like to see us get Todd Cantwell because I think he could score goals for us as well so I won't be disappointed you see I, I tell you our going off topic I thought uh, Villa signing Ross Barkley were a good signing I did I did definitely yeah yeah I, I think it's good good for them Ross Barkley is another one of them players that it's a, it's a bit. It's he's gone a bit Deli Alley-ish. Yeah. Where you know he's definitely got he's got the talent most definitely, but for whatever reason, he's just not doing it. He needs an opportunity to prove himself. I think. But the thing is with Ross Barkley is he can't hide behind the as a young player anymore because he's not. Now's the time he's got to do it. Yeah. Um. It's last chance saloon for him because I just think. If he goes to Villa on, and he doesn't perform, he's going to end up playing for, you know, he could potentially end up dropping out and going to a championship team because I just, 
It's one of I them. I don't know what it is. So like you said, last John Sloan rejuvenating career kind of moves and yeah, it, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be interesting. But I, I did think that were a good signing for for Villa. I can't help but live in the moment. The Fatback Three podcast every Monday at four pm.